Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to another episode of Australian Jams. This is, I don't know what episode number it is, 74 maybe, but it is the final episode of the year. And I haven't said this to anyone, I've just made this decision yesterday, but this will be going on hiatus until April next year because I have a lot of work in the first quarter of next year and don't want to do a bad job of this one. So you heard it here first. Anyway. I'm Tom Bastiani, as always, and I'm very excited to be joined by someone who um, I've actually admired as a muso for a really long time because of one of the bands you're in, um, but you're here kind of under the guise of your solo project as well. So I'm here yeah. with Tim Hart. Hello. How you doing? I'm great. How about you? You've, you're a bit stressed at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a great year, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You've just been through some border situations and we've had a brief chat about that. I'm very sorry about to deal with that. No, no. <laughs> yes, I, I live in Brisbane, so I sort of um, was given an ultimatum by our premier of, of about 24 hours to get home and see my family before Christmas. So uh, I, was in the, I was in Sydney recording with the band, so I just sort of jumped on a plane and here I am. It's remarkable. I've just stayed in my apartment I haven't even thought about the idea of going anywhere I'm lucky enough that what I do for work means that I don't have to leave my apartment um, but yeah it sounds incredibly stressful um, you've had a pretty hectic year though haven't you I mean everyone yeah, has yes. but in terms of building towards a release right yeah it's been it's been really different this year um, obviously it has been for everyone but I think it's been an, an incredible year of, of learning for me and sort of um, taking control of my, my solo project, um, which is something I've been doing for years, but it now seems to have more, for me, it has a, a lot more purpose and direction. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, in that sense, it's been a, it's been a pretty productive year. That's very exciting. I just realized that I forgot to get you to introduce yourself. Hi Tim, who yeah. are you? Can you tell us who you are and what you do? <laughs> Well, like you said, uh, <laughs> my name's Tim, uh, Tim Hart. I, I uh, play, I guess, music, which is singer-songwriter music, but also I play <laughs> as the drummer in a band called Boy and Bear, which I've been doing for a long time. And um, I'm, like, really stoked to be here and also really stoked to still be actually able to play music. I played a few shows in uh, uh, November, which was really good, and 
and the ball is still rolling somehow, which is good. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. I mean, things were looking pretty good for a while, and then stuff happened. But uh, we we deal with it as it comes. I I should mention that I have, and you probably are aware of this. I have been hearing a lot of what's been going on in your little solo project life. Um, not little, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> given your new manager is or co-manager is my best mate Sabby, who's been on the podcast before. So we've got to shout out Sabby. Yes. Um, oh, absolutely. She's a complete legend. Um, are you able Seriously, to... Seriously, I mean, I, I, I don't know. If, like, do people come on podcasts and talk about their managers? But if, I, if, if they do, Savvy has literally <laughs> been so instrumental in so much that it's... Like, there's been so much behind-the-scenes work with my solo project that it sounds really vague to talk about it because there's only been two singles released. But so much of that will be will become um, really uh, obvious next year when the record comes out and everything's just organised and, you know, really well done and not sort of half-assed. And I'm so excited and grateful to Savvy for everything she's done. And if you see those, if you ever go and look at Tim Hart on Spotify <laughs> and you see those little um, animations, Savvy's worked hard, done all them, uh, all, all the ideas that, you know, make me look like I'm, I'm reasonably intelligent um to do with my social media is all savvy as well <laughs> so she's incredible um well it's funny you mentioned the animations because every time i go and see her she's got a little update on how she's gotten better at animating she taught herself how to do it just for this project she, it's like that's the sort of stuff she does it's crazy she's incredible so and good. you kind of head you and uh corinne kind of headhunted yeah. her right yeah, that's right. Well, uh, Corinne, who, who managed um, the Cat Empire for 20 years, has just started managing Boy and Bear as her second band ever. And um, we were looking for a manager for my solo project. Um, and we went through a bunch of... There's so many great young managers in Australia. But we came across Sabby and got in touch with her and... She politely declined, although she said she was a big fan of what I did and stuff, and then we didn't take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, you don't meet many people like that. So no. someone that's so effective for what they do and also just completely gets the vision of it and who I am as a person, and I'm not like a rock star and sort of just love to play music and be creative and tour and write and produce other people's music and just sort of I love connecting with people at a grassroots level and Sabby um you know especially from her history is just like a gun at all that stuff so yeah, yeah it's good I always describe her as the person that I wish I was <laughs> um yeah so well yeah we hung out yesterday and we talked about it so yeah that's uh we had to get this little love session in for Sabby because amazing Great. human um most people know her as well so there's a reason for that um yeah so, this being the final episode of the year, we're doing it slightly differently, um, and we've both just chosen our three favourite Australian releases of the year. Yes. So, they're not necessarily super new, like normal episodes, but I'm fine with this, um, because that was my decision anyway. I've lost my mind. It's Monday. Tim, <laughs> you've chosen yes. three songs. Which one would yes. you like to start with? <laughs> Well, off the top of my head, I've got I've got an Alexander Biggs song, which was also a bit of like props to Sabby, but I also love the song. I think I chose Laundromat by Laundromat, by, yep. by memory. We can we can start there. I I think you know, 
I, I heard this song on some playlists at some point. I don't. It, it was out this year, wasn't it? It definitely yeah. was out this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really good. And I think it was in early lockdown when I was just listening to a bunch of music and just sort of becoming interested in listening to music again, which had been years and years for me. And I heard it and I thought it was really good. I, I assumed it was some American artist um, <laughs> sort of in the same vein of, you know, that Elliot Smith stuff. I heard it and I thought, oh, this is amazing. I really love it. I think it's, it's all the things that I loved about music when I was really getting into it and starting to be a, a songwriter. Um, just the, I guess, you could feel the insecurity and, and the honesty in it um, and the sense of wonder. And I thought, I, I love this. I, I didn't know who it was. As it can be with um, Spotify playlisting, you don't even necessarily see the name of the song or the, or the artist. And then I was just really... Um, stoked to find out that it was an amazing Australian singer-songwriter. So, and that that happened months later. That's like incredibly fortuitous. Because in case people don't know, Savvy also manages Alexander Biggs. So, it, I love that that's how it came about. You didn't choose it on the basis of knowing the rest of the story. No, 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 no. Like, you know, it, there seems to be like this genre, and I don't even know what the genre is. Because I mean. Previously, genres were, were created by record companies to sell records. But these days, with the advent of, of um, I guess, like streaming services, like, I don't know what, I guess genres are there to help to guide people to the music they like. And I don't know what genre this fits into, but I just call it singer-songwriter. There's a really great sort of seam of singer-songwriters um, that fit into a certain category and I, I can't describe it in words, but I, I definitely understand the the feel of it. And Alex is one of those. And it, I just love listening to that sort of music. It's sort of, it feels to me not necessarily 2020 or whatever. It just feels quite timeless. And I think that's a real power in music. So yeah, big props to the guy. Well done. Keep Absolutely. it up. Yeah, his songwriting is the thing that's always stood out. And it's funny... Um, I've known Alex for a really, really long time and I actually have some of his really early demos um, from when he was in a band called, I think it was called Discovery of a Fox. And it was a lot of songs that he's now reworked into his his solo project. And oh, cool. the, the through line has really always been his songwriting and his songwriting's always been incredibly strong. But the way he's developed other assets, so developed his voice and developed the way he arranges music, has just added that extra layer onto it and made it this thing that is now getting quite a bit of success, I guess, because he's been able to fix up those other things. But the songwriting yeah. has always really been the thing that has worked for him. Um, so that's interesting. So, so, so is that, that's obviously been a, like a, a developmental thing for him, that he's, mm. he's obviously been conscious of wanting to improve certain things of his his own project like like the voice and the music like Absolutely. which you would think is pretty fun, fundamental like I, I feel like my journey is quite similar to that but the, the, I mean the, the writing is so strong in his music that you know I, I see some some techniques that he uses and I'm, I, I use the similar techniques and I was like I wonder if that's because he's not sure about his voice or he's insecure about it or has been in the past that double tracking of the vocal but, but it's really beautiful yeah, and I love the way he's arranged his 
vocal in this one. Um, he actually played it. We, weirdly enough, it doesn't seem like this year, but it was. We had our second ever live recording of the podcast at the start of in January this year at Sun Velvet Morning, and Alex played this song as part of it. So I recommend going back and listening to that episode because the live version of this is incredibly beautiful. It's just him with his guitar, um, and right. that's that's on that episode. Yeah, but um, shall we have a listen to this one? Yeah, let's do it. This is Laundromat by Alex. Alexander Biggs and we'll be back in a second. So my thanks to try and win the lottery to make my money back and find some peace and I've got to steal your heart be sold it to me someone tells me you just leave That was a bit of Laundromat by Alexander Biggs. Um, I'm here with Tim Hart for the final episode of Australian Jams for the year. My first song for this episode. So what I've done is I've just chosen my three most played songs of the year. They're all Australian. And it's funny that I've done that because my fourth most played song for the year was Laundromat by Alexander Biggs. So I technically (laughs) have my four most played songs here. Uh, The first one for the year was Odette and Hermitude's Fever Break, which came out, I think, in January of this year. I uh, Obviously, I love Odette. It's just... She's incredible. Um, I just think the collaboration was so amazing. And that's the thing that really stood out for me about this song was Odette's ability to adapt to um, different types of production. And and we saw that happen again later in the year when um, she released that song with Alice Ivy or Alice Ivy released the song with her. So it's like the way Odette's able to... I think because her vocal is so strong and unique, she's able to retain so much of herself while still working really well in a collaborative environment. And it's kind of really interesting looking into the the most recent iteration of her and, and the, the solo stuff she's released most recently. Um, it's kind of been a bridge between her record and what's new, and I, I really, really like that. Yeah, don't you reckon it's so uh, someone like Odette, like so idiosyncratic that you could literally take that voice and put it anywhere and it would sound like an Odette song in a way? You, like it, it's almost like it's such a strong flavour. I'm I'm just trying to like it's almost like black cardamom. You like <laughs> you, you cannot mistake it for anything else. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, but that's I reckon that's a that's a real talent, you know. And, and, and it's because she's got such a strong voice and she's got so much control of it as well and the way yeah. she can move between styles in, in in just a moment, singing almost like beat poetry into something really strong and ballad-like. Like, the way she can switch and just continue is amazing and I can't sing for shit and it's just... That's probably why it's even more amazing to me because I'm just like, how how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does fill me with... Envy, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and some some sort of anger that I don't have the same some thing. Some sort of anger. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's amazing to see when someone's just got that sort of talent, that natural talent oozing out. I'm, I'm not taking away from any sort of study or or hard work she's done, but it just clearly is naturally, you know. Yeah, and uh, like we talked about Alex's songwriting, her songwriting is very much her as well. So I, I guess that probably has a big part of it is that, you know, when she's writing a top line to go over someone else's production, that yeah. top line is still very hers. And like, 
you can uniquely. tell, yeah, the way she, the turns of phrase she has, and I liken her a lot to Eilish Gilligan as well, who is very similar in the respect that it's the cadence in which she sings. It's not just the sound of her voice that really is hers. It's not just anyone could sing that that way. Yeah. I mean, what's what that thing that, like, Bob Dylan, and, and you, know, you can never trust a Bob Dylan interview, but they were like, <laughs> what, what, does, what separates your music from um, all the other people doing the same thing at the moment? And he's just like, one word answer, phrasing. Yeah. And I, just, I think that we overlook that um, so often. Because you, you can take an, an artist can get a song and deliver it um, beautifully and another artist can do it beautifully as well, but the difference will become the phrasing and, like, I find that so interesting. Why, do, why is it that the human brain likes one but is nonplussed by the other? And I have no idea what, what, what it is. The phrasing thing is so interesting. No, I, I think... I, I don't know. I'm going a bit off track here, but bear with me. It's like the whole accent thing, right? Yeah. Accent is as much about phrasing as it is the way you pronounce a word, right? Yes. And it can completely change the way you hear something. So it makes sense that it's the same in music. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in that okay. sense, in, in that sense, why is it like when when you hear like if if I hear a uh, singer songwriter, for example, and I hear like and you can hear that they're from Ireland or Northern Ireland. For some reason, it just screams authenticity, and you're like, "That's so authentic! I love it." But like, why? It's because <laughs> of the mental picture that paints, isn't it? Yeah, dark pub. Yeah. Desperation. Desperation. Hard work. <laughs> I feel bad for all the Northern Irish singers listening to this right now. <laughs> Desperation I, painted they, in your voice. They know. They know I love them. They know I love them. <laughs> Um, let's have a listen to a bit of this one. It's called Fever Break. It's by Odette and Hermitude. And we'll come back. A woman is not a bed. A love is not a home. Her heart would have walked barefoot on hot coals. That's why he's now alone. He never touched her words. He barely touched her bones. Before you lay with a lucid writer, ask, are you bold? I'm burning, can you help me break the feeling you have a need? just heard a little bit of Fever Break by Odette and Hermitude. That came out in January this year, I think. I should have written that down. Tim, which is the next song you would like to talk about? I've got a Stu Larson song on there, don't I? You do. I think... Phone call from my lover. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, well, it is in there, but, you know, I, I chose this song. I produced this record of Stu. Amazing. Uh, and this was a song that came at the very last minute. I've been working on the pre-production with Stu for a couple of months, um, obviously remotely, because he's everywhere in the world except for um, Australia. And, <laughs> and he goes, uh, he came to me one day and said, I, I might have written a song. I'm like, what do you mean you might have written a song? <laughs> you know, you either have or you haven't. And he's like, well, I just don't know that I want to share it with you. I'm like, okay, well... <laughs> I'm like completely no pressure, but you know, oh, why don't you just send me your voice memo? I'll have a listen to it or whatever. He's like, I don't know. I don't think I want to record it for the album. 
And I was like, what? what is going on here? This is just so, <laughs> like, cloak and dagger, clandestine, Stu Larson at his best. And he sent me the song and I was like, holy shit, you have to record that song. And it took it, it you know, he obviously wanted to be convinced to record it, otherwise he would never have got in touch with me. Yeah. But, um... I don't know, like, it was just, it was a really compelling song and so sad and it was exactly the place he was in at the time and I was, like, immersed in this world and I was like, we have to do this and I know exactly how we're going to do it and it was the last song we recorded on his album and it's, I don't know, for, for some reason, maybe it's just, like, fixed in place and time for me, like, when I listen to it, it still takes me back to the conversation I had when you know, the literal phone call from his lover happened. And, um, yeah, for that reason, it's, for very personal reasons, it's one of my favourite songs of the year. And it is technically Australian, even though he doesn't reside here. He is so, Australian, yes. Yes, he's very much Australian. <laughs> yeah, a um, lot of people won't have heard this one, and it, but it's a, it's a cracker. Yeah. it. When I listen to it, and, and being someone who doesn't listen to a lot of Stu Larson but is very aware of the stuff that he's done and who he works with and stuff this to me is like the exact kind of song you go to Stu Larson for you know what I mean like the way that emotion cuts right through is exactly what you want from him yes it's because it is it's kind of it's otherworldly the Stu Larson thing it's um you know I don't mean I don't mean this in any because he's he's my best friend but like this is not any sort of insult to Stu but it's almost this fantasy land that people who are fans of Stu Larson buy into and they enter this world and it's like their little private viewing room of Stu's life (laughs) it's just like it's it's a pretty good way into you know (laughs) Larsonism I've just coined that I've just I've just coined that phrase right there the name of the cult is it it is <laughs> Larsonism <laughs> or, or, or methodology for life One of the two Methodology for life That's probably less stressful It sounds more Scientology-ish though, doesn't it? It does But you know like It, it's, it, it doesn't sound as murky Because there's been no Proven cases of manipulation Yeah <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> um, That drum towards the end Sounds quite a lot like a heartbeat was that the intention yes it was it's exactly what the intention was um well you nailed it and 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 i didn't play the drums on it a great drummer called evan manel who's uh, plays on uh paul kelly's stuff and a bunch of other people um yeah justin clark he he, he's an incredible drummer and i got him in and well that's what exactly what we're, we're going for and it was like that's it. The end of the song is supposed to draw you into a place where that that's that solitary world of just you and your your own thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It does because it, it does drag on that little bit longer than you think it will, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I listened to it at midnight last night, which is probably either the ideal time to listen or the worst time to listen, <laughs> <laughs> depending on your mindset. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good time. It depends where you are in life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you've just spent how many months in lockdown in Melbourne, maybe not the great time to listen. No. Let's hear a bit of Phone Call From My Lover by Stu Larson. We'll come back. I've come to the conclusion 
we both missed somehow But darling, maybe we've already found What we are looking for was a little bit of Phone Call From My Lover by Stu Larson. That was Tim Hart's second song, who is with me today. My second one... I'm going to say second again, I'm sorry. Uh, it was my second most listened to song of the year. Um, and it was a bit of a foreshadowing of what was to come this year. Uh, which, you know, a bit creepy. Um, I chose Contagious by Bonoffi. I, um, I did really enjoy this. <laughs> You didn't, or you did? No, I did. <laughs> oh, you did. Good. I was going to say, this song's great. Um, I was joking to Sabi yesterday. Sabi is the feature person of this episode, apparently. Um, I was joking to her yesterday about how um, I remembered that I actually started the year with shingles, and that should have been a foreshadow for the oh. year that was to come, like as a bit of a joke. But I think this is more so, because it's a song literally called Contagious that came out in January. Um Nearly 12 months after I first heard it, I think it remains as brilliant as the first listen. So it wasn't one of those songs that you had to listen to a few times to kind of grow on you or anything. Straight away, I loved it, and I love it as much now as I did then. And I think that is a testament to a really good song, right? Especially a pop song. That's that's almost unheard of. Like, I'm just trying to think of the, 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 the music in my life that has done that. There wouldn't be many records. That's Maybe so I'm impressive. easy to please. Uh, I don't know. Do a music podcast. It's generally not the case. <laughs> <laughs> Just say that you like my stuff and then behind my back slay me to the people. I would never do that to you, Tim. With my I'd music do it to shit, your face. I would hope you would. No, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's <laughs> even better. Why is your writing so cheesy and meaningless? <laughs> I don't know. It's been tough you. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Um, Contagious, Bonoffi. Uh, I think Bonoffi is a goddamn genius and it disappointed me that she really had to kind of find some success while overseas before she could come back and get it here. Um, that's what it, that's what it felt like anyway. Um, but I just think she's just a remarkable musician that thinks so differently to the way most others listen. So, you know how a lot of people talk about the Billie Eilish record, and I've said this before as well, is that it's pop, but it's a really new take on pop, and it's really trying to push those boundaries. I think yeah. Bonoffi is exactly that, but maybe a less commercial type of music, so it's yeah. a little bit harder. And probably um, Looper J probably falls into that category in a different genre as well, is that they're the ones really pushing the boundaries that allow other people to try that stuff. Um, I just yeah, want it... Bonoffi to see more, more success off it, I guess. And the funny, the funny thing is... Especially in Australia, like you can you can slip through the cracks really easily, but I, and I think people make the mistake of themselves not valuing themselves as an artist if they've slipped through those cracks. Yeah. But actually, it just tells you that you know it, it can be a bit homogenous in Australia, and when I say homogenous, obviously across a broad range of musical styles. But a lot of really great music gets overlooked. And, and, and people do have to, you know, 
go overseas and, and, and because I think that in North America and Europe people just love good music and they don't they don't approach music by does that sit within the boundaries of a certain radio station or a certain demographic they go is that a good song or not do I like it would I, would I want to go and see that live or listen to it and I love that that it's not so the the music industry is not so curtailed or um, curated in North America and Europe. That's I I guess that's absolutely the fan perspective, and you would know that having toured there a lot. Do you think, from an yeah. industry perspective, given that Australia is quite a small population, yeah. there's less willingness to take the risk on something that's a little bit more different? as compared to the US where the population is massive, so you're more likely to find a bigger niche area? I think, I think in general, the industry in Australia and the people that make the decisions in it lack creativity. Yeah. And that's, that's why they're on that side of the fence. And that's why I, they're I, unwilling to take risks. Yep. Yeah. I, I think... I, 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 let me make a, a really, really um, definite... Uh, distinction between industry, like journalists, um, like who include like podcasters and like yourself or you know anyone in written press or anyone that cover that goes to shows covers things. That's I'm not that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about record label executives, A and R's. Like I, I just I find. You know, and this is not sort of a, you know, Tim Hart after 12 years of being in the music industry bitter. I, I, you know, like, I'm not at all, but I just, I find a real lack of imagination. It's, it's like, it's all, like all these sheep waiting to see which gate's going to be opened. And then they all try to go through it, like the Billie, Billie Eilish gate, or back when the Lord gate got opened. Yeah. Now we all need a Lord. Or back when the Mumford and Sons, like Boy and Bear were like, Oh, you know, we need Boy and Bear. You need to be the Mumford and Sons. Was like, well, that's not who we are. I know the music is in this same sort of category, but you can't just sort of try to push people through that. And so Australia, I think, is is, you know, Australian audiences are, are definitely waking up to that, and and, and, and looking looking far further afield. Well, and you know, as detrimental as streaming services can be, that is a positive of them, right? Is the ability yeah. to open up a kind of more of a worldwide perspective to people. Totally. I mean, I, I, I couldn't go back now. Like, I, I, know, I know what it's done to artists, and I am one of those, but I, I'm, I'm a lover of music first, and I just, I love it. I lo- like, I feel like I've gone back to my high school years yep. where I'm discovering music and people are sharing music with me, and, you know, Sabby and I have been real... Um, careful to to go what 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 is it that we want to achieve with the tim hart project and one of those is like i want to discover more music and i want people that are, that follow me to help me do that and that's what we've, we've been doing and it's a real fun thing to do so i think for all the the detriment perhaps and that the, the naysayers preach about um streaming services the good far outweighs the bad in my opinion if you're a music yeah. lover not yeah. a money lover <laughs> yeah no, that's a whole other ball game. Um, yes, it is. We started this conversation talking about Bonoffi, and I, I think that's absolutely relevant as well. Talking about you know going overseas and then 
then the gates opening here for you. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we saw that with Methyl Ethel. We saw That's that exactly with right. a bunch of Australian artists. That That is what happened. Hopefully, um, Te- it happens Te- Teskey Brothers. Yeah, Teskey Brothers. Um, hopefully, I, I mean, given travel restrictions now, it becomes more difficult too. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Australian industry changes over the next 12, 24 months, yep. given the pandemic. Um, not to make everything about the pandemic. But talking about a pandemic, uh, this song is called Contagious. It's by Bonoffi. <laughs> if you want space, I'll give you all of God. Think I'm contagious with something you don't That was a bit of Contagious by Bonoffi. We've just been reminiscing over an interview I did with Tim four years ago because I yeah. want to waste a lot of his time. You, Your final song for today. We're up to your final song. Yep. Um, I, I changed it out at the last minute. I had something else. Um, it was a paper kite song I had, and I changed it out for a ballpark music song called Cherub. Yes. Which actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say it's my favorite song of the year, potentially across the board, of the entire world. And that's I, a massive I, call. Yeah, and I. I don't I don't know that I can completely justify to you why that is, but there's something about Sam Cromack's melodies, and his his use of lyrics that go between beautifully creative and artistic and colloquial that I just, I can't get enough of it. It reminds me kind of of like the sort of lyrical approach of the streets at times. At times it reminds me of the lyrical approach of like, I guess your um, Gautiers of the world. Because Mm -hmm. something that becomes that can go from being very profound to very conversational within a phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I really love it. Like, he's he, him talking about happiness um, it, and he describes happiness and then at the end of it it's like, and it's heavy as fuck. And yeah. It's like, that's just such a... Like, it was just, I found it really, like, such a great concept lyrically. I'm super interested in lyrics. And, um, I don't know, I became obsessed with the song. I think they, uh, Ballpark Music always have one or two songs on their records where that it's like, wow, this is like, it's almost like a demo of a pop song. But it's not fleshed out. Yes. But it becomes this, like, uh, if you've ever seen them at uh, a festival, which you, I'm, sh- I'm sure you have, it become they become anthems, festival anthems. Do. Yeah. And and this one, just watch it when we can have festivals again, which well, I'm sure will be early next year. There'll be something. Please tell me this. <laughs> um, uh, this will be an absolute killer anthem at um, festivals next year. Hundred percent. And I think it's very. It will be very well deserved because it's an incredible song. So, off the back of that, I feel like I should read the first note that I wrote about this song. 
which is yeah. ballpark music are a national treasure. <laughs> yes. Which is 100%. true. Um, the build in the back half of this song is incredible. Yeah. It starts very, um, I guess, delicate, and there's a lot of space in the song. And then towards the back half, probably the last third of the song, it just is this amazing build that, to me, reminds me a lot of one of the songs on their debut album, which was yep. nice a nice kind of linking factor because they have progressed so much. I mean, I mean this, the songwriting has always been there. All that stuff has been there. But I feel like they've progressed as a band so much. They've matured as a band so much. But that build at the end took me right back and it was a really nice kind of... Um, I guess thread to pull through, which was cool. Yeah, which is a, which is a really important thing as a as an artist to be able to do, mm. because you want to always be um, winning new fans, but you don't want to alienate um, people that have been there, the early adopters. I suppose you know if you were writing one of those books that um, changed people's worlds for about a month, and then they forget about you would talk about the early adopters, and and I think. You don't want to alienate people that were there at the start, you know, and and is, yeah. Is that something as boy and bear you're conscious of? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. No. <laughs> no. I, I think it, I think it's something that in um, when the songs are written and you're choosing a final record, it, uh, yeah. So maybe we are because maybe that will get a song across the line against another okay. song. You know, if there's a song that's got some rich harmonies and another song is sort of a, I guess in a different vein, maybe that one with the richer harmonies might get across the line. If you, if yeah. you're sort of if you're having to make a choice. Um, I think we we very much value, you know, our fans. Like, we have people come along to hold tickets through like three or four derivations of shows that were cancelled and moved and reinstated, and just to have those people at the end of the year when we played those concerts in November, like it was like so incredible. And some of those people have only listened to our latest record, and some of them were there on our EP. So, um. Man, I don't know, like, <laughs> when you only had those five songs and then you sh- your shows were short because you only had those songs. Did you ever go to one of those? Some of those Absolutely. sets went for like 25 minutes. I remember the one you did at 
this is a very specific memory. The East Brunswick Club in Melbourne, which doesn't exist anymore, with Passenger. Yes. I thought they were bringing it back. Where you all jumped down onto the um, floor to sing yeah. the song that you Shape of Love. Him. Shape of Love, Shape yeah. Shape of Love, yeah. I, I remember, remember that, that vividly, yeah. That was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a great tour. Who else did we have on that tour? I feel like uh, we had... The Chemist. The Chemist. Man, they had some great songs. They did. That's They're gone really now, too. Really great songs. They're they gone. became... Well, two oh. of them became Ham Jam. Ham Jam happened for a while. And um, I know Elliot was playing with um, Meg Mack for a little bit, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know what um, ben, ben did. But um, I don't know. He was producing and stuff. He was he was a very, very intelligent human being. Mm. And very, very talented. But that was a great show. And, yes, that was the EP, I think. It had to have been. Because, yeah, you you only had the five or six songs, really. (laughs) I'm so sorry. No, no, it was great. A percentage of a refund for playing, like, (laughs) a 35-minute set with probably two covers in it. I don't like standing very long, so it was great for me. (laughs) You know what? If I go to a live show and they play for two hours, I'm pissed off. Because I like, like I kind of want. I, my opinion is seventy-five minutes is the ideal set length, because you're probably engaged for the first 20, 25 minutes. You're excited to be there, and then you you kind of go and get yourself a drink or whatever, and then you come back and you're like, oh, you hear one or two songs you love, and that sort of gets you through to about fifty-five minutes, and then you're like, maybe I'll get another drink and maybe wonder when these guys are going to wrap up. And then they say, you know, because we never used to play encores and now we do. I don't know if that's good or not. Then they're like, oh, this is our last song. And you're like, oh, hell yeah. And that buys you an extra 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's in, yeah. in terms of the structure of a set, like, and I'm not like a diehard live music person, but like I love going to shows. And if you kind of like last night I was waiting to get a COVID test because everyone who has come from Sydney to Brisbane has to do one. And it took five hours. And I feel like if they curated that space better, I would have been a happier boy. <laughs> but they were like, no one said anything to me. But if they were like, okay, cool. Um, guys, we're just about 20 minutes from finishing the paperwork, which means then 40 minutes after that, we'll be able to do this. And an hour after that, like I would have just been happy because it's a bit of knowledge. Live shows are like that. They need You're right. just like yeah. they you need to curate it because you don't want to lose people. I think like you start with, I guess you you start and you get people into the mood that you want them to be in. Say you're playing, for example, we're talking Melbourne. Say you're playing the Forum, and you want to get people into a really sort of I don't know, like moody sort of dark place. Play three songs like that. Keep the lights down have a little bit of a chat, and then move into a different phase, maybe a bit more sunny, like sunny boy in bear face. <laughs> maybe a bit of southern sun. But, like, actually give people something. for that. They've, they've paid money to come and see you play. Yeah. Like, pet hate. I don't know why I've got onto this. I, you know, when we're talking about ballpark music, pet hate, bands that act like you're lucky to be at their show. Yeah. And they treat the audience with disdain. It's like... I hate that. I hate that as a as a punter, but I also would feel 
embarrassed of that as an artist. There you go. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, though, because it's more than just standing on stage and playing your songs. You've got to actually think about the thread that you're... I'm saying thread a lot today, but it is about that. I like it. So, but see, this is why I love... I sell merch at gigs. This is why I love selling merch, because you get to sit down, and then you can enjoy a longer set with no problem. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I mean, ballpark music have never disappointed me live. Um, I've always no. enjoyed their shows. Actually, yeah, they I mean, supported I... you guys at the Palais in Melbourne before yeah, the Palais did. didn't exist anymore. No, was it the Palace? Oh, it was, was the, it palace, the Palace, sorry. Yeah, the Palace before it didn't exist. And they... Yeah, per, per... I know that they, they, I think they were, they did the Palace run though. They were such a great band to tour with. That was one of their first ever tours. Yeah. They were incredible. And 2012? Just good people. I remember we got them, I remember they, um, our, our guitar tech went up to Sam and one of the other boys was like, you boys are in trouble. Um, <laughs> the band wants to see you in the, uh, in the green room. <laughs> and we were somewhere weird. I've got a feeling, oh, where was the room? It was somewhere really strange, like it, it could have been in Western Australia somewhere. And so they, they were shitting themselves, like, oh, what have we done? Like, have, have we got no, like, because they're just trying to learn how to tour and they were so polite and so lovely. <laughs> and they came in, walked into the band room and we're all just sitting there having a beer, having a bit of food or something. And they're kind of standing there, we're like, what are you, what are you guys doing? And like, <laughs> Vargas said, you wanted to see us. Like, uh, I'm so sorry if we've done anything. And we're like, what are you talking about? And then Vargas just standing behind, like, giggling. <laughs> it was just so good. So the poor, The poor little ballpark guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Not man. so little anymore. No, I mean, one of them has kids, or more than one has kids, right? A kid. Yeah. Okay. And they're in an Australian institution. They are. They absolutely are. And um, this album they released this year, this was kind of the one where they'd announced that it would be something and then they kind of changed that after it already been announced, right? That's right. Good on them. And then came out with a, a self-titled record on their sixth or seventh record, which is... Yeah, incredible. I love that. I love that. Um, they keep kicking goals. But this is a little bit of Cherub by Ballpark Music and we will come back for my final song. That was Tim's last song for today. It was Cherub by Ballpark Music. Um, we've just been, you know, thinking about, you know, gigs from the mid-2010s, I guess. Um, but this is a band I have never seen live, I think. Maybe I have and I've Ooh. forgotten. Okay. Um, although they did play live at the grand final the men's grand final this year and people got yes. pissed off about it but i thought that were great um but people can also jump in a lake and i wouldn't care so i've chosen the glow by dmas this is my third most listened to song of the year mm. um this album i think really soundtracked my year it came out what was it 
March or April, quite mm-hmm. early. And you, you mentioned Ballpark Music being an anthemic band. I think DMAs are absolutely that as well. Like the way they write their songs, it's very soaring, very easy to latch onto, but it's not too simple that it seems that it, that it kind of is a flash in the pan if that makes sense. And I think that's what I love, and I think this song is like the epitome of this album. DMAs for me, Western Sydney boys, right, which is, that's where I'm from. Yep. Um, Haven't changed who they are. I feel like they are, and obviously they're they're quite, they're often compared to Brit Rock, and they're, they're also getting amazing success um, overseas, especially in, in Europe. And I can see why. It, it feels to me that, like there's, and I don't know if this is actually the case because I don't know these guys, but it feels to me that, like there is that working class authenticity that sort of pervades their music. And yes, it is anthemic and yes, it is easy to latch onto, but it seems to me just so devoid of um, self-consciousness and so this is who we are I, and I, I really I'm, I'm a massive fan I, th- I, th- I think they're going to be an enormous Australian band if they're given the, the opportunity to, to, to tour internationally they, they will be enormous for us and they're, they're able to do the stripped down thing and they're able to do a full band thing the uh, lead singer's voice is incredible and right that's the thing yeah. that stood out for me is that he did just a just an acoustic thing on Facebook one day. Facebook, Instagram, something. One day we were just sitting on his bed and playing and I was like, his voice is unbelievable. Yeah. And for some Doesn't... reason I didn't think it could have been that good given the production that's on the record. But no, it's truly that good. I, I, I first heard um, DMAs because I was probably living under a rock, but first heard them um, with the Leica version, the the um, the share cover. Yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit, who is this? Like, I need to know who this is." And I I could I was so stoked when I found out who they were, and yeah, just a huge fan. And like, that's just raw talent. You know, when yeah. you see see people go on like, go on. And they play the the grand final, or they play on a TV show, and and they're just a bit shit. These guys are not. They the he can really sing, and that sets you apart. Like, I've I'm lucky enough to have played in a, a band with a guy that can really sing. Yeah. And it's a different thing. It's just a different thing from beautifully produced vocals, um, that have been you know maybe potentially manipulated at times to um just raw talent and um he has it in spades and this and the glow um incredible yeah uh this like i've if uh, does anyone still have last fm because i absolutely do and looking at my year on that and not just on spotify is fascinating because it's just like this dma's record it's the bombay bicycle club record the alice ivy record those are the three that like did it for me this year and yeah, but I think the glow sits atop a lot of that stuff because it's just like just talking about it. I can hear it in my head. And how often can you do that? Or for me, that doesn't happen ever. Yep, it's great. 
Anyway, that is the last song of today. That's called The Glow. It's by DMAs. We'll come back to talk about Tim's solo stuff in just a second. just heard a little bit of The Glow by DMAs. That was our last track for today. Um, I'm here with Tim Hart, who has some exciting things going on. Tim, tell me about what you've got happening at the moment. Well, I've got, I've got an album coming out February 19. I think the, the next single is out um, soon-ish. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I had a single out on <laughs> December the 10th. I think the, the, the next single is out sort of toward the end of January, which feels soon to me. It's absolutely and then, soon. Uh, yeah, and then we'll be doing we'll, we'll be doing some touring um, off the back of that, but it's going to be all... It's, it's a movable feast at the moment, obviously, because of the uh, constant shifts in rules. Um, fingers crossed uh, and all thoughts and prayers with Sydney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, I've got a, a single out at the moment. A moment it's called Cold Comfort and another one coming out called Steady She Goes. We've got videos coming out, um, more of Sabby's amazing animations and then a record which I'm extremely proud of and extremely excited to share um, called Winning Hand on February the 19th. And this is a record that you've done since leaving your previous management and your previous situation, right? And this is kind of a whole new world for you. It's a whole new world. The record was completed when I still had my same management, but then it was mastered and everything and uh, all the videos and all the art direction was done afterwards and it is a completely different... Like, the, the direction shifted the day that um, I, 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 my old management, management myself parted ways, um, which was amicable, but it just was time. And... Uh, yeah, it's been a really, really refreshing change for me. And then working with Savvy has just taken it to a new level. So I'm, I'm extremely excited. We, we do this thing, this, this thing with, um, where we send postcards to people. Yes. And, um, and, and uh, all the listeners will not be able to, to see this because uh, you can't see things when you're just listening to them. But um, <laughs> this is my latest. We checked my PO box uh, the other day, and this is my latest lot of postcards from That's all around the world. You're There's holding like, like 15 of them. There's like Russia, this is Amsterdam, this one comes from Dublin, this one comes from the, the States somewhere. One of them's from Noosa, which is really only like an hour and a half away from me, <laughs> which, is, which, which actually I really love. This, is, this one's from the Netherlands as well. This one's Amazing. from Bavaria, so, so southern that Germany. That one's so nice. It's beautiful, isn't it? That's, it's gorgeous. It's a, a picture of mountains. And it's um, Which I like. And this one is a, 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 a girl... Um, from somewhere in Europe, I think potentially Romania, but it's her artwork and look how much wow. she's written on that. I mean, that, that's a small essay. Wow. Um, this is another Dutch one. Um, that one's cool. This one, where is this from? It's got a hole in it. Uh, yeah, it's got a hole in it, which is probably Dutch as well. And look, this is, um, that's, I think this is, um, that looks like that's Disneyland. the uh, this Disneyland one, which is Neuschwanstein, I think. 
I just read it off the back, so I don't think. <laughs> I, I, literally, that's what it is. And then if you, you, you might be able to hear my son in the background. Um, uh, he's incredibly here he cute. Here he is. <sighs> Say hi to Gamma Jack. Hi. <laughs> um, and one of my uh, Dutch fans sent me this. Oh, this amazing. Is a, a little uh, Miffy at the Zoo book. So thank you uh, to them. So, it's, it, 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 you know, it feels like my solo project has, has a real sort of, the goal at the start of the year, he wants to come back up. The goal at the start <laughs> of the year was, was a, a, a genuine connection with people and yep. to, to sort of take what I love to do and to sort of build a bit of a, not that I'm, you know, I'm not apocalypse now in the world, but um, <laughs> building a bit of a community of people that like the same sort of things. And that's like, for, for us, it's like music and, and being in contact in a little bit of the old world and that stuff. And it's been really fun. And you've also filmed, I don't know if, let me know if I shouldn't Dad. be saying this. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, you've also filmed some great videos of you performing the songs too, right? Yes, yeah. So, um, Sabi and I had the idea to just like go ahead and and um, film some live performance videos and also a um, like a lyric video for the latest single, Cold Comfort, which I did and then Sabi edited. And my wife and I did it, and then oh, and then um, also to do a, a video for the the next single that's coming out, Said as she goes, which I, I also filmed um, myself with one of my mates. So it, it, that has been so much. In fact. Like, if there's a, a list of the best things to come out of COVID, number one is spending more time with my son and my wife. Number two is um, starting to work with Sabi. Number three has been learning how to shoot and edit videos because it's always been something that I haven't enjoyed and I've really been reticent to do. Um, yeah. And I've really enjoyed it this year and I've enjoyed like learning a new skill and being able to get better at it and fail at it and solve problems and yeah it's just been really good that's really exciting because i mean we started talking about those animations that savvy learned how to do but it's great to see that you're kind of expanding your skill set at the same time right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey so sorry about the noise Gemma. they're okay it's all right we can forgive it's all yeah, right sorry <laughs> No, 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 you're fine. Um, and just one last question uh, so before we wrap it up. Um, yeah. You obviously will have experienced a lot having been in a band like Boy and Bear and toured a lot and, and all those sorts of things. How much of that can you take into your solo project and have ownership of and take those ideas to it? And how much of it is kind of out of the picture given the different scope of each project? So, so much of it can, is transferable, like, like knowledge on touring and production and recording, um, it's all completely transferable. And, but, like, there, there is... Singer-songwriter world is a completely different world. Um, and for that, um, I, I've just... I, I've definitely... It's fine. Um, yeah, I, I've definitely had to learn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah... Look, it's 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 a bit of. I'll I'll take you outside. Um, it's a bit of both. Like it's definitely transferable. Like the boy and bear world is like a massive machine, and like when it starts to move, when it starts to roll, like 
it's amazing, but it's also very full on. Like it takes a long time to get moving and it takes a long time to slow down. With it, as a singer songwriter, you're like, all right, I'm gonna leave on a trip to Europe, book my ticket. I haven't even packed the night before. You know, like you get up in the morning, pack your bag, get your guitar, off you go. Yeah. And it's and it's awesome. Like and I and I love that about it. Um but then all the production side of it and recording and you know, all all the industry side of it is definitely transferable. So yeah, it's it's good, like but I, I love I love doing both because they're so different. And I feel like in this project I'm definitely a different character than... I mean, I don't know, I don't know if that's true. I would feel like I'm a, I'm a fractionally different character than the one I, <laughs> I am in Boy and Bear, so... Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense as well. Yeah, um, so... Um, but everyone should go and check out Tim's singles. The re- most recent is called Cold Comfort. The record is coming out in February, so as soon as people can start pre-saving that, I will share that on the Australian Jam socials as well. Um, thank Amazing. you so much for joining me, Tim. I know you've had a very stressful little patch of your life, um, so I appreciate you taking the time. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Gemma, and um, uh, good luck for the hiatus of the, the podcast back in April. Um, I'm sure it'll be wonderful. <laughs> so I can focus on AFLW season. It's great, and people it's will a, miss it. Hopefully. Because it's great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so everyone go check that out. We will be back late april after the aflw season is done if you if people want to find you tim where can they find you um it's all the socials are at tim hart music um don't be confused with the english folk singer who's dead um <laughs> i'm definitely not dead and definitely not english so t- tim hart music you'll find me if you want to find australian jams just search australian jams podcast on twitter and instagram if you want to talk to me directly about footy find me at gl bassiani on twitter and i will very much engage with you don't worry about that unless you're a jerk because then i'll ignore you um this has been australian jams (laughs) have a great holiday period everyone and uh we'll see you in the new year sometime all right sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 